Jeff Dyke, Michael's making food, and he's making comedy too. Thaddeus, Jay McKee is co-hosting with the guy I mentioned previously. Sauce Boss, Zach's on the one to two, so good he calls them twos and threes. And as always, there's a guest who'll be sure to please on Hi and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, slappy slappy one wham. And the ones that twos the wheels of steel again, not here. The sauce boss is still with his brand new baby. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Can you believe the selfishness of some people? (laughs) It is very selfish. What the hell? Uh, so, uh, Tyler Waltz, you is, is, uh, sitting in from the, from the after brunch to the big show today. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do my best. No sitting in, well, <laughs> uh, there's been some concerns so far. <laughs> yeah. Like first off, am I on the shot? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. All right. Could you take him out of it? Could we do yeah. that? Oh, <laughs> <Could> we do- <laughs> yeah. I thought we discussed that would not be in any more shots. <laughs> And a very special guest with us in studio, Chef Stephen Unruh. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Very excited to have you on today's program. And I apologize. I want to do uh, I have some things that were neglected on my on my fault uh, from last week. We did not mention anything about the brand new theme song and the fact that it was written for us uh, by a, a fan of the show, a gentleman named Nasty Nate, Nasty Nate Thompson. He's a... Uh, very talented musician. Uh, he's the lead singer of a band called uh, Dear Lincoln. Uh, very talented. He's actually done um, several podcasts, like parody songs and stuff for different, way bigger shows. Um, and some way smaller shows. Just everything in between. Um, uh, he's a terrific musician. Bit of a creep. Bit of a creep. Yeah. He's uh, stares a little bit too long. Yeah. You know? Like Batman. The yeah. New, the, the yeah. New Batman. Like the new Batman. I'm Nate. <laughs> it's like, quit looking at that kid. Yeah. Who are Let's you? Go nasty. Uh, he's a he's a nasty nasty man, but uh, hell of a song, very catchy. Um, I think that he thinks that because he got in the hip hop game that he can use some of our some of our words now. And I had to keep telling him like, no, you still can't say it, bro. Oh, he 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 asked to use that yeah, word. Yeah, he asked for the hood pass, and I was like, mm, you're gonna have to do at least ten more songs. He's like, but it's for you. <laughs> he said it's for the culture. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I hope that covered everything, Nasty Nate. I'm sorry we forgot you last week, but yeah, big big thank you. And uh, second of all, it's time for a shame, shame. Wait, already? Oh yeah, that's early for a shame. It's shame. That's shame. What? Oh, you can let that run. Oh, okay. Next, <laughs> next time. That's right. Strike two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so, uh, Stephen, we do these uh, shame shames when, when, whenever anyone feels that someone needs to be shamed, and it's uh, usually someone sitting at this table that's done something, Uh-oh. or someone in the room that's not even on mic. But this time, the shame shame actually goes to the audience. Oh, oh! This is the first time I'm going to shame shame brunch nation. Wait, we're shaming our audience. I'm shaming the entirety of brunch nation. Oh my gosh! Seems that's like a good the... PR move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should have talked about this. <laughs> it's a shame shame uh, because 
I had two free tickets that I gave out to a red flag comedy show with Manny McKelvey, and I only had one person reach out to accept them. Well, come on. What what are we doing here, guys? What what are we doing with our weekends that's better than a free comedy show? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. We're gonna be ramping up here, especially giving stuff out. We got uh, a lot of events, a lot of fun stuff come out. You need to jump on this stuff, all right? When, yeah. when we do these hot drops, whether it be merch, whether it be tickets, whether it be invites to come do fun stuff, you abandon your families, you drop whatever you're doing, and uh, you slide into those DMs, okay? And that show was last night, right? It was, and it was a hot show. It was good? Yeah, it sold out. How did Manny do? She, she did great. <laughs> Amazing, as always. Yeah, she never misses. She doesn't. Like, you're going to get an opportunity to see some people that are going to be famous sometime, you yeah. know, like soon. Very soon. And uh, you should jump on these opportunities. So um, shout out to Dustin for running that show. Yeah, Dustin Burkert. Uh, so, yeah, shame, shame, brunch nation. Let's let's just be better, okay? Let's hit that shame one more time. Shame. Let it ride. Shame. Then you feel it. Shame. Ooh, I'm starting to hear it. Shame. Trying to feel it too. Stop it! Stop it! It's got too far. That was enough. I was making up for last time. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. That was great. Uh, Chef Stephen Underwood, welcome to the program. Thank you, gentlemen. And for the people that don't know you, you are the. Go ahead and tell me your. your Here it is. What uh, your so, position is officially? Yeah, officially uh, culinary director at Sun King Brewing. Uh, they've been around since, gosh, uh, now 2009. Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> 2009 years. Wow. Yes, yeah, 2009 years. Uh, just as long as beer, actually. Uh, no, uh, here in Indianapolis, they were one of the first, uh, I guess, downtown Indianapolis breweries to open up in 2009. Uh, and I've been there just a little over six years. Uh, so culinary director is the term. Uh, and then it just goes off the rails from there. So technically, I'm their lunch lady. <laughs> well, a lot of people like do ask me when I say that they're like, "Well, I I don't eat food there, so <laughs> you don't. What, what is exactly yeah, is he yeah. cooking?" Yeah, we're also not in the business of opening restaurants, <laughs> just breweries. Uh, so the I guess about now nine years ago now, uh, Clay Robinson, Dave Colt, the owners of the place, uh, saw that their can, canning line was running like fourteen, fifteen hour days, uh, and they were just bringing in like Jimmy John's, all of the razzmatazz, like easy food to get a hold of, and they're like, "Well." If we're going to be doing this, uh, serious about canning, uh, we should probably feed these guys. Uh, and so that just kind of started a lunch program. And they had it catered in uh, for about two and a half years, and they were spending a, a wonderful amount of money with a lot of businesses. And, uh, of course, then they looked at the program. Uh, the brewery was even growing bigger. They probably had like 50 or 60 full-time, full-time employees. And then they decided, hey, we know chefs. Like, yeah. Somebody will be stupid enough to come in and actually <laughs> take uh, – literal uh like an oven uh from like every single person's first apartment ever like that black uh glass top like that was the first oven uh and then a sink and that was like the first two months of my job feeding about 60 people Uh, and then of course we have graduated into a bigger oven (laughs) (laughs) and still the same oven uh, with the stovetop. Uh, Two sinks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and an actual double bay sink. But no. Uh, so I do feed the, the full-time staff there four days a week. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of shop and gather everything on Monday. Tuesday through Thursday, we actually, they have lunch. If you're a full-time employee there, you just get to eat lunch for free. Come hang out. Uh, and then on Fridays, we professionally heat up all the leftovers. And that's pretty much it. So there's uh, almost zero food waste. Uh, and we, yeah, like we, I don't know, I guess in... Like where we are in downtown, uh, there's not like a ton of restaurants around there. It's mm-hmm. so like even if you were to leave for lunch, uh, it's probably like a good hour, hour and 15 minute experience. Uh, and then 
I, after that, you still have to come back. So here uh, we just do it all in house uh, and then take everybody there. So that's, it's this, uh, it's a basically, one. it's, 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 yeah. Part one is this really <laughs> cool lunch that 99.9% of you will never get a chance to eat no matter what. Literally like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you know somebody that works at Sun King yeah. and like you're super nice with them, uh, nobody ever eats my food, which is also funny uh, and hilarious because I guess I used Wait, to. Wait, they do guest passes for employees? Uh, yes. Uh, it's just me. Okay. Uh, and it's just like come to my door and just uh, grab some okay. lunch. Okay. All right. Uh, but we change the menu every single week. Uh, and of course, like being the culinary director, being like a chef in a brewery uh, helps out a lot of things. Like we do have a slushy program at all of our locations. Uh, we also have cocktails now that we have a distillery up in Carmel. Uh, so I help with cocktail programs and slushy recipes. And it's honestly just like a lot of recipe writing. And we, I used to uh, have uh, a YouTube channel. A little cooking with Sun King situation, but I just filmed the last episode like two weeks ago. So oh, nice. no need to promote any of that. Uh, shout out to the four people that used to watch all of my videos. <laughs> give a cheers to you. I like how if you put program after <laughs> anything, it sounds so much more professional. Yeah. Like lunch program, slushy program. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never heard the phrase slushy program before. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, it's one thing for me to create a recipe and throw it in a slushy machine. Yeah. When you have like seven locations, you have to make sure that it's like this They're thing all that uniform. Goes, yep. That goes out months in advance so they yeah. can gather ingredients. And uh, yeah. So it, it started as like, Hey, we have slushy machines that we want to put booze in. I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. And now we're like, Hey, we have seven locations that with slushy machines that we need to put booze in. So and I've played around a little bit in that. And I don't think people quite understand the, how difficult it is to make a craft cocktail in a slushy come out exactly the way you want it and to taste right and have the right consistency yeah and and it also obviously depends on the slushing machine like the ones that we have uh spin the ingredients at a very high amount so if there's too much sugar in there they just freeze up Mm -hmm. uh the ones that you see in like the gas station go much slower so you can load those things with sugar because that's pretty much all they are uh, but like the kids down at Blackacre have some of the best slushy cocktails in the city. Shout out to that whole program because uh, those frozen aviations are life. Uh, but we are tasked with oh, taking walking distance from our studio. Oh, it's so good. The Blackacre Garden is awesome. It's right there. We should do that after the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, their frozen cocktails are great. But it is it's it, it's very difficult because if you get the water content wrong, the sugar content wrong, all of it wrong, it just seizes or it never freezes. Uh, and it, yeah. And how many times have you done that before? messed up you don't have to say but uh dozens at least uh, dozens. well yeah because you always have like really good ideas on you're like oh my god i want to do an orange creamsicle slushy right but you're taking dairy and citrus you're taking acid and milk and, and when you combine the two for a little bit they're great but if you mm-hmm. keep churning them uh they turn into butter <laughs> like the the acid coagulates the dairy uh, and then it turns into cheese and then yeah. it becomes like a literal cheese fountain and it's disgusting. Oh. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's been lots of mess ups and lots of re recipe rights and uh, all sorts of stuff. Well, but. that sounds like a good thing. Alcoholic butter. Right. <laughs> I yeah. think, I think yeah. there's a niche group that would like to have that. <clears throat> well, the, the weed butter people would like to have a word with you because it's, it's much easier uh, and it's probably a lot less messy for sure. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll talk to them. <laughs> So you uh, brought some uh, kind of a hodgepodge of some wonderful beers in here for us to sample today. Uh, are there any specific that you'd like to like to explain what what they were? Oh, sure. Uh, so we have a really awesome, uh, we call it the King's Reserve Program. Uh, in the brewery world, you are either brewing clean beer or beer that will be soured or barrel aged or something like that. So they are, if you've ever been to the downtown Sun King campus, we have two separate buildings that also create beer. 
Uh, the very big one, which everyone comes and sees. Uh, that's our that's our production facility. We produce anywhere from like thirty to thirty five thousand liquid barrels of beer there a year. And when I say that, uh, your giant kegs that we've all, all done keg stands off mm-hmm. on all that stuff. That's a half barrel of beer. So mm-hmm. that's your reference point. So seventy or I guess sixty to seventy five thousand barrels of those. A year. It's a lot of keg stands. It's a lot of keg stands. Um, but uh, that affords us the opportunity to take uh, some of those beers and wild age them with wild yeasts, wine barrel age them, bourbon barrel age them. Uh, and that program uh, is always a lot of fun. Shout out Andrew Hood. He's our he's our wood handler. That's his official title on the business card. Handles a lot of wood over there. I used to be a wood handler. <coughs> yeah. It was a different type of wood. Yeah. Uh, balsam? Um, no, it was... <laughs> it was I don't need to say it. This is, this is that's for the after brunch. But yes, uh, so his job is to take uh, really good beer and either sour it and make it even more delicious, or barrel age it and also even make it more delicious. But we brought two today. Uh, one is called Golden Girls. Uh, so thank you all for being a friend. Uh, and it is uh, a, a white wine barrel aged Belgian triple with golden raspberries. So we age that beer in the wine barrels for about twenty four months, and it produces this really wonderful lactic acid flavor that we all know and love as sour beer. Uh, and then it gets about 800 pounds of golden raspberries. And then the other one we have not released yet, uh, at least at the timing of this particular podcast. Uh, and that's our Orchata version of our Shatterproof Stout. So we do. A, so good. Thank you. Uh, so I had nothing to do with it. I just <laughs> feed the people that make the thing. Uh, so it's uh, our Shatterproof, which is our a really big kind of November Black Friday big uh, beer release with uh, this wonderful kind of Orchata tea. So it's almonds and cinnamon and all the wonderful spices and there's a lot of really good stuff in there, but it is uh, for a beer. It's like over 14%. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I will say this. Sun King's seasonals are always so amazing. I feel like Sun King gets into this area of like, they're kind of like the Yankees where it's just like always good, always executing at the highest level. And then kind of get like, like critically acclaimed. Sure. But then kind of like, it's not, cool sometimes to like you know what i'm saying it's like you're so good mm. that it's it's not cool but i i'm always singing the praise i love all sun king's beers but uh especially like the seasonals and stuff i feel like don't get the praise that they should on, on some of them because mm. like well, and with breweries like everyone always fun has. happens Absolutely. you know it's 100%. Like cream ale pays the bills but <clears throat> <Yeah>. uh <laughs> just like a restaurant like you have the the four dishes that keep you alive and that mm-hmm. people know and come back from but it's the the chefs and the brewers' ability to create on the fly, and we brought a whole bunch of really fun hoppy stuff. We even brought good old crispy five hundred because uh, you need a track beer. Yeah, like and sometimes like for as awesome as craft beer is, like, there are so many flavors. Sometimes we just want good cold beer. Yeah, like it's a real thing, uh, and we drink it all the time. And so we love brewing the lagers. Uh, but we we love doing it all. So thank you, uh, absolutely. That's awesome. And I, I do want to go off that Yankee stuff. So if Sun King is the Yankees, is like Black Acre the no. White Sox? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that. Except, I mean, when I was you know working at breweries and stuff, it more often seems like the rising tide raises all boats. Like we're, if if one of us is doing well, we're all doing well. Okay. Versus like the brewery across the street needs to do bad so we right. do better. Yeah, I mean, we're also like we we want to keep everything kind of in uh, in the state of Indiana for sure. I mean, this is where most of our distro happens. Uh, this is where a lot of our beer is consumed. So we always love taking care of the home team for sure. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like trying to like take something that's very good for Indianapolis and Indiana, especially, and then just get it everywhere else. Okay. Like, yes, we do have locations in other places sure. uh, that are getting ready to open, but for the most part, like Indiana is like the home. home like, team, we yeah. want to make sure that 
uh, cream ale is just as regular on a tap as as high life yingling like mm-hmm. all the other things all of the big beer stuff uh, and so we do we do get that uh, occasionally like we kind of get passed over because they're mm-hmm. just sun king like oh hey like those guys have been around forever they already have my money whatever uh, but we do uh, there are still a lot of really awesome people there working really hard to make really delicious seasonal beer my favorite thing is I work uh, part-time as like an event bartender. I've been a bartender for years. But when people come in and they're just like, I'll take a Sun King. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite. Like, yeah, what are we talking about? Give me that cream ale. <laughs> they, make, they make lots of beers. Um, <laughs> did want to talk about the food real quick. Sure. Um, Which was all delicious. I uh, have listened to a few episodes of this podcast. I've, I've self-admittedly not the hugest podcast absorber. Uh, but of course, when you get ready to come on things, you want to do your homework. Uh, and hearing a lot of the menus, I'm, and I guess I, I do also follow you guys on Instagram, uh, and hearing the menus, I'm always like, yeah, I can't wait. Like, it's always really fun to be in this industry and have other people cook food for you, but when it's this good, it's just, it's vacation. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I feel I feel like we have two different fan bases. I feel like we have the people that listen to the podcast and the people that just like to look at pictures of food <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> so I appreciate both, you know, like whatever, what support, support, you know. Yeah. And some of our events people come to, and I'm like, wow, you guys fans of the podcast are like, you guys have a podcast too? <laughs> like, did you, you come You're not from- just making food on the pictures? I don't get uh, it. But if you come out to an event just because you like pictures, I mean, you will never hear this, but right. if you come out because you're yeah. just like pictures of food, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, so, and you were asking me earlier about, um, yeah, we, I, I, I like themes. Sure. I like, I, it makes it f- fun for me and it. It kind of helps because of what happens after a while is like after the first year, I kind of cooked all the things that I had on my list to yep. cook that I really wanted to like get out and cook. And then some weeks I'm just, you know, uh, I work two jobs, I do comedy. We have other podcasts, like just, you know, lots of stuff going on. And sometimes it's Thursday and I'm like, what am I doing on Sunday again? So uh, like kind of marrying myself to a theme is uh, it makes it fun. And it kind of uh, whittles down some, you know, crazy ideas. And then, you know, I, I definitely, there has been some brunches where it's been so all over the place that, like, if you don't have a theme, it seems bizarre. Yeah. But then you can be like, no, it, this was the theme. And yeah. like, oh, okay, this makes sense why we just ate. Yeah. People usually get up and leave when there's not a theme. Like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> the six-course meal. <laughs> Bush League. Man, today was... Uh, Usually I have uh, Zach uh, helping to, not just a producer, but also a whiz in the kitchen. Uh, so today was one of the smaller, we only did four courses. Uh, I'm still so full. <laughs> but Yeah, lots, no one's bad. Lots of yeah. food. Usually people are mad by the end of it. That's that's how I know it. It's just like, when that last course comes out, people, sometimes uh, one of my favorite things that I'll do is like, we'll bring out dessert, but it's not the last course. <laughs> That's so everyone's just saying. Like, oh, by the way, I haven't finished uh, the meal yet. Uh, you guys are going to have some pizza later. Yeah, like, what? What are we doing? So uh, these were just kind of riffs on. I love uh, Mexican food. I don't know many people that don't, but love Mexican food. We've done it. There's certain things that have been come up often. I do uh, something in New Orleans probably every quarter. Okay. Uh, Mexican food comes up. Um, you know, about the same. Nice. But uh, so I was trying to do some different takes on it, and I, I have this giant kind of running list of things. And I was going through it, and I was like, oh, there's a bunch of Mexican uh, food items that are like, oh, I want to do this, but make it weird, you know, or yep. like, I want to do this and mash it up. And one of them was the uh, the uh, beer of tacos, but I wanted to do it with like 
in a melt almost. Sure. You know, Man. I won't call it a grilled cheese because there's meat on there, but uh, <laughs> uh, I had, that's a whole side argument about yeah. what, what, what constitutes a grilled yeah, cheese. Yeah, it's kind of unfair to bring that argument up when Zach is gone with his baby, <laughs> his newborn baby. That That's a low blow. Can we get a boo on that? Uh, yeah. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Can you give yourself a boo for how long that took? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I should have taken extra long with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Chef had some jokes. I feel like definitely could have used the drop on a couple of times. <laughs> we just <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to yeah. hit that button, smash that like button, Sna- smash that like button. Yeah, uh, and then the um, <laughs> the the chicken and waffles. I'm sorry, the uh, shredded chicken and waffles. Yeah, I tried to do it. shredded. Ch- uh, we had fried chicken last week. And I was trying to keep it more in the line of Mexican. And I was like, uh, also, uh, trying to do like a churro kind of, kind of, kind of waffle. Uh, the, what am I missing here? The, which, which you did pair a beer with that. What, what did you pair with that? Uh, yeah. So that was that horchata stout, mm. uh, cause we had the cinnamon and sugar on the waffle. And then of course the spice, uh, from the chicken, little scorpion honey on there yeah. uh, as well. Shout out metal honey foods, delicious stuff. Uh, but with that uh, kind of super dark brown sugary, almost maple flavored yeah. b- barrel aged beer. Uh, and then we added the, uh, there's literally like tea, a tea company that we work with at the brewery that um, like you, if you had fruit punch tea, it would contain like 17 different kinds of fruit and like a little bit of tea. Uh, so this was an almond cinnamon tea. And then, then mm. it actually did have almonds and cinnamon. So you got the kind of creaminess that a horchata would normally have, but like with the spice and it almost had like this chicken mole thing kind of running through it. And it was, Awesome. And yeah, that's always a wonderful part of my job is to take food from uh, chefs that do their, their job spectacularly and take beer that is already also crafted spectacularly. And all I got to do is just, just connect (laughs) the two dots. Like, like I don't have any credit on either ones of those ends, but I get the opportunity just to connect the two. And like, it's a really great experience. Yeah. And that's always something I really loved. And did a trace lay chase uh, French toast. And I, 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 I use some of the horchata, Yep, beer in the in the French toast. Oh, you you poured beer on the toast, uh, like in the in the batter. In the batter. Yeah. Oh, in the batter. Yeah, uh, which is also funny because we're taking a beer that we already paired with one of the courses, and then we use that <laughs> in a course that we paired with a completely different beer, yeah. and it still worked perfectly. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, anytime you want to come and br- bring a bunch of beer, do <laughs> pairings, are more than welcome to. Most of the people on this show just came over once and just never left. <laughs> That's kind of kind of how it works out. Um, and then, uh, just a huevos rancheros. Why not? You know, and I'll, I don't think anyone's ever mad at huevos rancheros. I, crispy fried tortillas, perfectly poached eggs, beans, cheese. Uh, awesome. Delicious. It's one of my favorite dishes to make. Cause I feel like as long as you have eggs and, uh, some sort of tortilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I've never had it the same way twice. Like any place I, I go, I would hundred percent agree. It's, it's also like that chilaquiles line too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like even if it is flour tortilla versus corn tortilla, if it's red versus green, if it's white with like the kind of barracho beans and that creaminess, uh, it, it you can call it the same thing, uh, but it it's like seventeen different dishes. Yeah, like in the best way possible, and it's that marriage of like fried food plus like saucy things plus eggs, mm. like it's brunch personified. Right? Now was that duck egg? Those were actually just regular, regular chicken. Oh, just regular human eggs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, human roe. Uh, we we did that thing for a while or for a long time. Uh, D- 
duck was the duck egg was like my signature in something. It was like find the Playboy bunny. There's like a <laughs> duck egg somewhere in this meal. Yeah. Now I will say that dish was so beautiful that people were scared to eat it. Like you'll see the pictures, but people did not want to jump in. Uh, Gabby was over there, like looking at it, like should I touch this? And like you just jumped in there, right? Like let's go. Well, it's 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 you get to add the nacho like property to that if you take the one chip and seven come with it that's your that's your bite that's your yeah, bite like yeah. that's the end of it so if you don't if you just try to kind of like cherry pick yourself yeah. around the situation it's not the full dish you can't so, be a baby about nachos just, yeah grab a grab your fork like it is a shovel take a quarter of the damn thing and just go for it yeah that's 100%. that's what i say doggone it <laughs> just dig dig in i wish there was a clap button <laughs> well there there is but anyways but yeah <clears throat> but yeah, they were. I mean, everything was super delicious, and uh, that's always the one of one of the things too. Is like, I, I guess I've officially worked in the culinary scene here in Indy for goodness, like five, fifteen or sixteen years now, and I have lots of friends I've met because of that. So they're always afraid to cook me food, and I'm like, look, if you like it, I I like it too. Like it's okay. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah that's well. I I yeah. I think we all get that kind of in places, and I'm like, look. Obviously, most people like what got into the cooking game got it because they like food right. and, they, mm-hmm. and they enjoy eating. And we get so tired of eating our own food, hundred percent. That like literally anybody's like, "Hey, this is different than I would make it. Right. This is great." Yeah, <laughs> like congratulations on at least just like putting your own spin on anything mm-hmm. because it's delicious. Because I don't have to make it. Yeah. Now, what I won't do is I won't try to do overly complicated things and possibly not hit the mark right. And look like a like a fool. <laughs> like, I, uh, I have a very uh, fun story about that. Uh, so I, I guess we'll we'll tap into the backstory a little bit. My wonderful wife Jenna uh, is the owner of Four Birds Bakery, and occasionally I get to do stuff for her. Uh, and I made these Portuguese. Oh, this pastiche. is a family podcast, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <clears throat> made some uh, Portuguese pastiche de nada, the wonderful egg tart that is super flaky on the outside, super creamy on the inside. And it did not turn out the way I wanted to. And we still had to sell them. And so on the box, they were labeled disappointing egg tarts. So every single time <laughs> I had to go grab one for someone, I was reminded of uh, how terrible they were, at wow. least according to me. But yeah. like people were like, oh my God, these were amazing. And I said, well, that's because you can't actually get this anywhere. But like I made them just a couple weeks ago and they were like fucking awesome. Yeah. But like this time I'm just like, it's like you just see it every single time. Like, yeah, I uh, the same kind of goes in com- like in comedy. Like, it's best to be the most self aware. Like, the worst comics are people that don't know they're terrible, or you don't know when a joke doesn't go well, and you're like, I killed it, you know, like <laughs> did it again. And I, like all of that comes from comedy. It goes into cooking too. Yep. So it's like I can't put out some dog shit and be like, this is great, everybody, right? Everyone loves this. This is the best thing I ever made. Uh, if there's a if there's a glaring flaw, I'm usually the first one to be like, "Hey, look, this wasn't what I had in mind." Yep. yep. <laughs> gotta, um, gotta yeah, let I'm, you know. What hurts worse, a bomb or a bomb with food? Food. Uh, you can recover from funny. You can't recover from like something that like didn't work out the way you wanted yeah, to on the plate. Like yeah. the the second and third joke can always make up for like the worst one right. at least, as far as like. Of course, again, this is my my world. Yeah, uh, it's like from the chef side of things. Like, if I put out something I'm not as happy with, like there's something that's gone completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I try, obviously, you know. Although the goal is to never put out anything that you don't hate, but uh, at the end of the day, like sometimes, like you might just hate it just enough to like wear at you for like a thousand years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 
Also, yeah. doing comedy, you're like a clown, right? Like you're like at at the end of the day, you're a professional clown. So if you mess up a joke or whatever, it, like it's you you may beat yourself up a little bit. It sucks, but it's just like you know, hey, I was clowning around and I, I didn't yeah. quite. But when you're when you're cooking at a professional level, like you're supposed to be presenting yourself as this learned person who yeah. knows what they're doing and is executing something on this high level. I, I literally had two, um, I think I bombed so hard at the opening, uh, of my food truck that it kind of made me just like, uh, Teflon to like any kind of comedy bombing. Like I don't like bombing a comedy, but I had like oh. the worst professional day of my life, like in food and nothing has come close to that in nope. comedy. Really? Okay. Like the feeling of how awful that was. Yeah. 100%. It, nothing has even come in a fraction of the close to feeling that bad. And I guess with food too, you could also kill somebody. Like <laughs> you could literally take them off this planet. Technically, I, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it's a little bit more potent. Of a I've bomb. heard some of Tyler's jokes though. He might. Well, wait. they take themselves off the planet. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, that's just payback for the second round of strawberries. Really, <laughs> honestly, like at this point, it just kind of Look, feels like it's right. on purpose. He's deathly allergic, and I <laughs> did you put uh, strawberries yes. on his French toast? Not yep. on his. Nope, not on yours. On everyone else's. Right. Oh. It's not deathly allergic. It's more of a mild inconvenience. <laughs> I just like to play it up so people feel bad. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. good feeling. Uh, it took me a while to remember Bridget, Bridget's all of her food allergies, and now I'm I'm working on Tyler. So he's still alive. Look at him. He looks resilient. Yep. He's got. I mean, he's got like the good like flushed cheek face. Like he's feeling right. It's probably some of those strawberries. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. It's actually. He's like uh, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's, about, he's about thirty seconds away from going into anaphylactic shock. It's great. Good. Who brought the EpiPen? Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Ooh, that'd be a good merch. Hardy Brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Hardy Brunch podcast. Man, what a what a crazy break. You <laughs> <laughs> punched a guy. <laughs> I know. I think he's dead. You know what was crazy? Uh, Thad and I went to uh, Shake Shack for lunch yesterday. And I'm sitting there and I'm telling him this story. It wasn't like a great story, but it was like, okay. It was like enough that you would like pay attention to, pay attention to, maintain eye, eye contact, all that. Yeah. And he just keeps drifting <laughs> off. Like obviously, look at me. I was like, "What's her name?" Like obviously, there's someone hot behind me because he's he cannot focus on me. She was hot. <laughs> she was hot. she was hot. I, I thought it might have just been a mirror. Like he was just <laughs> looking at himself, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. She was having a heat stroke or something. Uh, there was this lady that just collapsed right behind and everybody in Shake Shack is still eating. And like, it, there's this lady like just collapsing. I don't know if she's having a sugar overdose or a heat stroke or what, but I was just like amazed like the whole time how people step kept stuffing their face. And I was like, man, like even like in Haiti, like we would be like, Hey, like we need to stop eating right now. Shout like, out. Who's your hospitality right there? Right. There's someone about to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think it's a thing where everyone assumes someone else is doing something about yes, it, hundred percent. And then, and then, and then, no one does anything about it because, like, no one from sorry Shake Shack. I don't think anyone <laughs> from Shake Shack actually did uh, anything. No, maybe somebody called like, but like her family didn't seem that concerned about it either. At so all. I was like, like, oh, that's just Deborah. <laughs> yeah, Deborah has spells. She's just having another spell. Yes, it's also nineteen twenty four. Yeah, uh, yeah. At a Shake Shack, like, oh no, it's fine. She just, she just has her spells. Yeah, at the end I asked, like, hey, he's like, is she okay? And he's like, I'm fine. 
I was like, wait, I didn't even ask. I didn't ask about you. Yeah. But, like, it was it Was, was your day a, ruined by this? Yeah. yeah, they were still getting their food. They're like, like, get up. And she's, like, passing out. And, like, all right, this is embarrassing. It's not that embarrassing. Just get her some, call 911. They yeah. called 911, and the, the emergency people went straight to the, the order counter. I was like, are they really going to get food? <laughs> is that how good Shake Shack is? We know is? how long this takes. Yeah. <laughs> we got to order our food first, help the lady, yeah. and then yeah. jump back in. So, uh, switching big gears. <laughs> did you used to work at Chef JJ? Is that I did? Uh, so we can briefly talk about my wonderful chef lineage here in Indianapolis. Uh, so I, unlike some of the people on this podcast, am not classically trained. I I've never gone to culinary school. Uh, so shout out to all of my homies. Just kidding. It might just be me uh, that are successful in the world, but. Uh, so I started up in Fort Wayne at this place called the Summit Club. Uh, it was on the top two floors of a 26-story building, oh. uh, and it was an old-school dining club. Like people came there for lunch. Uh, people would also, all obviously, like host dinners and stuff like that up there. They were like, but that was when I did my first ever beer dinner. So it, that was my culinary school. Like I literally started slicing deli meat and making freaking potato salad uh, for the lunch program, and then you would kind of move up. Uh, moved here to Indianapolis. Did the country club life for a little bit. Uh, Meridian Hills and Crooked Stick. So, mm. you know, taking care of way too much money, uh, serving them chicken fingers and French fries and fucking just everything else that comes along with that. Uh, and then, yes, the opportunity came about uh, to work at Chef JJ's. Uh, for those of you on that aren't familiar in the world, it started out as a big green egg centered restaurant up in Broad Ripple uh, that blew up to a second location downtown on a lot of the stuff is still cooked on the big green egg, uh, but he gets to host some really awesome events there. Uh, yeah. Beer dinners, comedy shows, like all sorts of really fun yeah. stuff. And that's actually where I met uh, Jenna, who I'm now married oh, to. Really? Uh, she used to be my boss. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Is so, this a me too situation? Are we canceling her right <laughs> well, now? Absolutely not. Uh, no, she, she very much. Yeah. Hit it. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, I, I first interviewed there uh, and she's going to hate that I'm telling this story, but I don't really give a shit. Uh, and she was on like an off day and just like ran through uh, the business to like do something real quick. And she was wearing a very nice dress. She's a very attractive woman. Uh, so I at least get points for that. Uh, and I was like, who is that? And they're like, that's your boss. And I was like, still kind of the asshole. <laughs> like, no chef. way. Yeah. Still kind of the asshole chef. So I like the first, I don't know, year or so of me working there, it was kind of uh, turmoil. And uh, we finally were able to have the conversation of like why you don't like me. And she, of course, was like, because you're an asshole chef. And I was like, well, cool. Oh, this is a whole Sam and Diane situation. <laughs> very much right. so. Like, yeah, very, oh. very cheersy. And I was like, no, it's actually because I like you. And I was just trying to like puff my feathers and be an asshole, I guess. Peacocking. Uh, uh, and Toxic so we. masculinity yep. was still in vogue back then. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, <laughs> and we just, uh, and of course, ended up like hanging out for a little bit. Uh, now we have a kid together. Yeah. Wait, oh. you skipped a part. Where did you find the kid? Uh, do we need to go through the anatomy <laughs> of how this works? Well, like we, we didn't even get to the fall in love part. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, you're an asshole chef. You're like, yeah. here's a kid. Yeah. Uh, and now he's graduating from college. <laughs> but uh, at Chef JJ's, uh, if you are familiar with the program, it's a very chef-like forward experience. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm sure a lot of the guys you bring in, for them to go out into the dining room and actually present them as themselves is kind of like a hard thing. Like, yeah. I was always okay with talking to people just through... I guess, past experiences uh, in theater and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. So I was okay in like with being in front of people, but uh, like when it comes to your food and we had briefly talked about this uh, kind of offline, 
Like you gotta, like, this is just not chilaquiles or, uh, like huevos rancheros on a plate, like that's you. Yeah. Like, and you have to go out there and own that. And then not only do you have to own that, you have to explain how you did it and kind of keep them engaged, uh, like a comedian, like a, like a host for hours, uh, yeah. sometime on in. Uh, and so I was able to do the chef JJ's thing for about four and a half years. Uh, and that's where my relationship with the guys at Sun King grew and they stole me away and I've been there ever since. So, so I got two questions. Yes. Um, one is about, uh, your wife and, and whatnot. <laughs> like, how did you, like, you work at Chef JJ's. It's like the one of the best restaurants. Dad's looking for a hot boss. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it. No, no. <laughs> need a hot boss now. Dyke isn't cutting it. Um, here's the thing. No, so like, where do you take her out on a date? Because you have the best restaurant in Indianapolis. So where do you go? Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, even when we first started dating, we would try to go as many places as possible. Here in Indy, okay. and if we were to travel to a different city. We actually like go online and try to figure out, you know, what's what uh, I, we have a spreadsheet now. Oh. Uh, that's a full blown Excel spreadsheet nice. of different cities that we've ever been to uh, the places that we've gone or the places that we want to go. Their mm. menus, kind of a rating system uh, that we can also hand off to other people wow. uh, because that is, I guess, what two chefs like to do. But uh, we don't necessarily want to know what the creme de la creme of a city is. Like we want to know like the, the bones of it. Yeah. Where the locals are. Show eating. me, show me the good donut shop. Show me the good deli. Show me the good, yeah. uh, like random ethnic food places. Like show me the heart and soul of the city. Yeah. As opposed to like, people the called thing. me a random ethnic when I was in high school and I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, you did. Uh, I, I remember from the Instagram post on the quick story, you had the chili mulatto <laughs> and I was like, no, that's just when Dyke is cold. Uh, <laughs> That's our work. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Uh, drop the bomb. <laughs> no, yeah, there we go. Oh. Now I feel like I'm at home here. Uh, but yes, yeah, so what two chefs do uh, when we go out and try to have fun in a city is is see everything. Like, yes, we occasionally do the really fun, expensive stuff, but it is more about like the booze, uh, like the sm- the simple things. Of course, the bakery. She is a trained pastry chef, uh, and it's all about the little things. Like, it's all about the things that make a city a city. Uh, and it's all about different neighborhoods. It's all about, but seeing everything. And and when we do go to a place, I mean, we just went to Columbus back in December. We were there for four days. I think we did like 19 different restaurants. Wow. Oh, wow. Like, wow. No question. Wow. That's a lot. So you go to the one place, the thing that they're famous for and you grab it. And then if it's delicious, maybe you get something else to like eat later. Uh, but for the most part it is just try to like figure out where to go via the city, via other people. And of course, the soon, the second you go to the first place, you talk to one person, you have like eight more places to go. So yeah. it just kind of snowballs from there. Let's see, that would be a fun, like, that's like a fun movie. We should just get a quick, like, <laughs> short indie love story about you guys sure. going to different restaurants and falling in love and sharing food. I'm starting to get turned on. Um, <laughs> starting? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Uh, the second question was, uh, what is it like to cook on the green egg? Oh, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I guess as, cause I was kind of the outsider. So like normal professional chef coming into a place that literally only cooks on it, uh, until he moved downtown, like you had to learn to fry chicken to like anything that you could imagine from baked goods to appetizers. Like you just have to figure it out. Okay. Like the egg is a, a wonderful cooking vessel. And I've of course been exposed to many other ones, but all by itself, it has the ability to, you know, smoke things, pizza, uh, like anything that we could imagine that is food, we had to figure out how to do on the grill. So 
Uh, it was a wonderful challenge, of course. And then after, like, once you kind of get to know, like, how everything works, like, it, it's just second nature. Love so. it. Chef JJ's, guys, uh, it's a wonderful <laughs> restaurant. Downtown, we do a annual comedy show. Dyke's been on it. Um, Tyler has not. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> T- come Tyler out. will never be on that show. <laughs> you just keep telling me to be better, and I don't, I don't know how yeah, to do that. It's not very constructive criticism. <laughs> but, no, come out to it. It's really fun. Uh, I mean, you'll have to buy a ticket if you want to see it, Tyler. You'll right. never see it from yeah. the other side. Sure. <laughs> Understandable. No. I wouldn't book me either. Uh, the food, yeah, the food is amazing. Uh, he always does a really good job of taking care of local things if he's not already making it in house. Uh, and it's yeah, it's right there, like just down from Lucas Oil. Uh, it's an awesome place. One of the things it's uh, I, you don't I don't know you don't see that there's there can't be that many chef power couples like in the country. Like there there's there's has to be a limited fin- finite amount. <laughs> The I'm fact, sure it the happens. fact that you're calling us a power couple means that we have influence over everything, and of course we don't. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was at, let me let me dial that back. But just like two super talented people in in, in different ways, and I will say like I I told you this off air, but I was like I literally have an addiction to your wife's cookies. Oh, thank you. Like, and you brought some in that seemed somehow fresher than the ones that I eat at work. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was just like, this is somehow different than the ones Secret. I steal from work. <laughs> Uh, so good. Thank you. Uh, no. Uh, so that is also another happenstance. Uh, just as a quick story, Jen and I were looking at starting a different company altogether. Uh, and we in kind of told our friends at the time, Eli and Nicole Anderson, who used to own H2O Sushi here in Indianapolis, also RIP, one of those like OG amazing restaurants, uh, that we wanted to start our own kind of sauce, pickle, jam, like sweet and savory business. And they were like, well... We're selling four birds, and uh, we think Jenna's kind of the perfect candidate for this. Uh, and so you're just going to have to figure that out. And uh, kind of long story short, we took about six months and molded over and tried to figure everything else out. And uh, of course, took hold of it. Uh, she's been uh, the owner of four birds for now almost five years, or I guess a little over five years, uh, and has crushed it. Uh, there were 19 locations uh, that she de- they delivered to when she took over the business. She's now, I, I think, almost into the 50s. Mm. Uh, of places from Westfield all the way down to Greenwood that she delivers her products to. So Man. she crushes it. Shout out to women-owned businesses, especially her, but she murders it. And from also, like, picking up, like, I'd never heard of Four Birds before she was involved with it. And, yeah. like, no shade to whoever owned it previously, but she has obviously and definitely taken this, like, to a yeah. completely well, and different that, level. That was always the hope, and uh, that was also one of those questions that we had, is, like, if we take over this business, do we just completely rename it and try to make it our own? And of course, when you have branding, when you have everything, when you're are, are essentially are, are when you purchase a package, uh, like you try to take care of it as best as you can. So the original four birds, uh, just as a quick story, we're about Eli and Nicole's four kids. Uh, so we only have one bird. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, working in farmer's markets and all that wonderful stuff, you get the obvious questions at least once a year. And shout out to farmer's markets. We've only done it once uh, this year in 2022. And we've already had the question are these cookies for birds? <laughs> mm. What? Mm. Mm. But it, they can be. I mean, they can be. I mean, you can, you are more than welcome to spend all of that money on delicious cookies and then break them up and put them on your lawn. Uh, if you want to, but these are definitely for human consumption. Right. Uh, I did. I did want to say that there's like sometimes, uh, sometimes with the culinary professional, there's, there's one thing that you kind of associate them with. And we, I had a defunct show before Harder Brunch called Smash Indie, and it was, um, it was we we shot an entire season. Yep, never saw one episode of it. Nope. I was actually going to ask you about that after this. Is like, 
Because uh, I, I got a lot of failures. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of failures. I, yeah. I, I specifically remember that episode because we did film it at the brewery when I first started there, uh, and we did a couple different things. I had a Bob Ross uh, theme. That was the dish plate, uh, and then we all came together and did a hot ham water ramen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, hot ham ramen? Uh, hot ham water uh, from oh, Arrested Development uh, as a ramen dish. So we had d- three different kind of smoked. Meats. I think mine was smoked salmon. We had smoked ham and smoked Ooh. something else. We combined all of those into like a ramen broth, uh, and then like finished the whole thing. <clears throat> uh, we were playing with ramen broth like a like a like a craft bartender. Hundred percent. Like, this much. Okay, we need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the dish that that really, I mean, I I would say in like the top ten things that I've just seen in person that really impressed me. Yeah, it was TV shows with the theme, and he picked. Uh, so we each did our own yep. course, and then we all um, contributed to the entree. And so the ramen was the entree that we all did together, but he, he pulled the soup slash salad course, yep. and uh, he did this dish. Uh, I'll, I'll let you explain it. Here's a here, here's a photo of it. <laughs> you uh, might need to see that, actually, because it's been so long, and uh, I've had way too many beers and... A but it, it it basically was uh, Bob Ross was the it was the joy of plating the joy right? of pl- yeah oh, there you go right and God. it um uh, so I'm guessing uh, so we had some sort of like mosh uh, fried chicken skin uh, of course we had a paint from a few different like roasted vegetables and stuff like that and and that's how we started that whole thing is that we made this like really beautiful canvas on the on the plate of like different like roasted vegetables and then we put this really beautiful salad of like fried chicken skin and. Uh, and mosh and a whole bunch of stuff over there. I need to, you, you send me that at yeah. some point. And basically when you were done, like it, it looked obviously beautiful, but when you were done eating it, it looked like an abstract painting, yep. like the plate yeah. that you left behind. And I was just like, conceptually, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, he put so much thought into this dish that like he thought about what it was going to look like when you were done eating and it still fit the theme. Like I'm a sucker for a theme. Sure. Yeah. Obviously. So like when you when you execute like that, I was just like, wow. I am 100% as well. Uh, and I think we kind of briefly talked about this upstairs uh just hanging out while you were cooking me a delicious brunch is that like when I get sucked into something because I don't have the culinary background that I do is that I try to absorb everything like every single ounce of my like culinary body into something like whether it's pizza or pupusas or uh, salad like a silly salad like mm. but you want to take everything about that and like just try to suck as much energy into it and then put it on the plate uh, and i still thank you for that because it was still one of the coolest things i ever got to do even like uh, you know i'm just starting at sun king i already have this amazing dream job I do as a chef work five days a week from like two or six in the morning to like two in the afternoon. Okay. So that's, that's a early. That's, that's it. That's it. That's everything. That's early. Though. Uh, but of course, uh, because my wife does own four birds, I get to help with all of the breakfast sandwiches for farmer's markets and some conceptual stuff. And you there, guys, so. you guys found that baby. Yeah, we have a baby. Uh, 14 I still don't know where it came from, but <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a, that's a different podcast. Okay. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, little, little Juniper Marie is in the world and, uh, she's adorable as ever. She's, uh, <laughs> if you're, if you're are familiar with babies out there, uh, they're not supposed to start teething until like almost six months old. Uh, she's a little over three months and has already started. So Head of the curve. I told her, uh, she was fast tracking herself into being an only child <laughs> uh, and she didn't really appreciate that either. So, uh, but yeah, kids are crazy. Uh, but they're also a lot of fun when you have the ability to have a job in the culinary world and still enjoy stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what owning your own business does. 
Juniper still goes to Jenna with the bakery every single day. Uh, so she'll be as, as immersed into that culture as a human. Uh, hopefully she decides to go golfing or do anything else. Yeah, uh, I would but, start teething too. If both of my parents were like cooks. Yeah. I mean, like you guys I'm like, all right, let's get, let's get this in my, that absolutely no. has been the running joke. She's been trying to get off the boob as fast as humanly possible uh, just so she can taste our food. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as soon as that teeth, that tooth pops out, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, kiddo. <laughs> Uh, careful. There's that. There's that. Uh, breast milk shortage. Oh yes, yes. There's a what? Not breast milk shortage. Uh, uh, there's a formula, formula shortage. shortage. Yes, yes, oh, yes. I was like, I didn't know about the <laughs> breast milk shortage. <laughs> yeah. For those that can feed, congratulations. For those that don't, yes, there is. Yeah, absolutely a terrible shortage uh, right now going that they're going through. So, uh, I that th- I I have a bunch of stuff. We'll just, we'll just cut that out. <laughs> no, I have a bunch of. I did. I did have a bunch of random uh, stuff on here. One of the things. Was that there was, uh, I don't know if you saw this, there was a cooking uh, oil, a global cooking oil shortage. Not necessarily people in North America affected by it, but like the entire rest of the world that uses palm oil yep. is being like I mean, massively affected well, by it. And that's, that's all uh, kind of directly related to the deforestation in the Amazon. Is that correct? Uh, I, I heard more of the war in Ukraine. Uh, well, that's also the a wheat shortage. Uh, so... If you can imagine a bakery, uh, you know, we all think of cookies as flour, butter, sugar, eggs. Uh, if you can imagine the price of those things going up like sometimes two, threefold in the matter of just a couple of months, uh, that's not fun. Uh, on top of the fact that we're trying to pay everybody as much as humanly possible because we want to take care of all the people that take care of us. Uh, but, you know, when your eggs go from $15, 15 dozen uh, to $42 wow. for 15 dozen, uh, it's rough out there. Uh, especially for a bakery specifically because the the stigma always was is you're just taking you know very few ingredients adding a whole bunch of technique uh, and then all of a sudden you have cookies like now it's you're just taking really expensive things and trying to take care of them and trying to make sure there's not a single bit of loss anywhere because especially with a very consistent product like you're trying to make sure if you even leave that cookie in the minute or in the oven for two minutes longer it's done it's done Man, I didn't even know that was like a, a metric. <clears throat> yeah, the wheat thing, uh, flour has gone up uh, probably like a good 125, 150% on nice. the last just couple of months uh, because of a wheat shortage, eggs, uh, because of bird flu. Like there are so many things that affect the thing that we do uh, that we can't control. It's like, like, well, of course, you can't stop the bird flu from flying through when there are 60,000 chickens under a tiny little roof. Like you can't stop that, but mm. uh, you have to pay for it. What do you do? Cause you like somebody who I think is self, you know, self-taught or, you know, um, doesn't go to school, but like immerses themselves in that um, outside of being a parent, outside of being a partner, outside of being a chef, what, what do you actually immerse yourself in just for fun? For you as a human being? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, a little bit of just like comedy. Uh, I think I've tried to immerse myself a little bit more in what's going on. Like I'm terrible at it locally. I'll, I'll apologize for everybody in the room. I uh, also do have a kid. So like the chances of me going to a comedy show, like the good ones are pretty much shit unless we eventually find a babysitter and that'll be great. Uh, but outside of that, like it's just learning what everybody else is doing. Like mm-hmm. it is still very food based. Uh, like awesome. I, I still watch uh, as many YouTube videos from other chefs and try to gather as many techniques as possible. Because when I do hang out with friends, like most of the time it's food based. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all gather around dinner as opposed to gathering around a beer or gathering around a distillate or anything like literally anything else. Like 
the reason that we all gather is because of food. Uh, And when I see something that I love and I'm not good at it, like I don't, I just dump everything in, like buy the thing, figure out the flour, like try to find the fun ingredient from all over the place to figure out the best way to do anything. That's awesome. And I I love that because that's, that's what, that is a good answer because you travel in packs, you know, um, you know, stone makers they they travel together you know um people blacksmiths back in the day they all had their shops um cooks comedians uh often travel together podcasters um bird watchers if you will <laughs> i think that's it no that's that, that's actually it those are the only people that gather right <laughs> Uh, but no, we're very fortunate, uh, cause Dak and I were also talking, like we're kind of on the fringe of the food people in this city. Like yeah. I obviously don't have the moxie or the hours or the time to hang out with chefs until like two in the morning out, outside of their restaurants. And yeah, like, you have a kid. Sounds yeah. awful. Not even having a kid. I have a life. Like, <laughs> I still go to work at six o'clock in the morning. So, um, like obviously, and the, there's the whole other like beer world and I still am very like kind of green in that whole thing just because it, they also hang out similarly. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like two groups that I'm never really going to be a part of, but I have really good friends, uh, and awesome people that invite me on their podcast to cook dinner with and like bounce ideas off of. And, uh, we have a really awesome farmer friend, uh, that has a little place down in Greenwood. Uh, so I get really great ingredients and it's just the opportunity to creatively, I guess, do as much as possible without like, I don't know, alienating myself. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's That's good. And I'm always looking for more people to like, usually like once every two weeks or so, I just, crowdsource between all my talented friends like hey i'm trying to like i get food writers block a lot oh absolutely and i'm just like i just need to see something i need to hear something that's not in my own brain 100 just so i can start thinking in a different way <clears throat> uh, and even though i'm literally just cooking lunch for a whole bunch of people that i've been cooking the same lunches for for six years like i still go to all of them every single week and be like hey it's been uh, like i really try to not to repeat a menu until it's been three months mm. Like, so I literally have a, a doc sheet, a Google doc that's like 60 pages long now of all of the menus that I've done for them. Oh, and wow. So that way I can go back in time. I'm like, oh, all right, it's summer. Uh, let's try to figure out some stuff that's not as heavy and, uh, or, you know, it's been exactly 12 months since I've done Filipino adobo for these kids. Like, and I get to rehash that. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Tyler, can you drop a beat for me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. Thank yeah. you, guys. Uh, I hope any of this was interesting to anyone. <laughs> it is. Look, look, we get we get two two groups of people that listen to this podcast. You either comedy nerds or food nerds, and, and and hopefully most people exist somewhere in between. You know, because uh, I feel like both ends of that spectrum, if you go too far, just uh, unbearable. <laughs> <coughs> Absolutely. Uh, but uh, anything you like to promote, or anything you like people to follow, yeah, keep them uh, on social media. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just Stephen Unruh on all of my things, just the Twitter and the Instagram. There's nothing happening there, so please follow Four Birds Bakery. Uh, so it's at Four Birds at uh, pretty much all of their stuff. We're at the Garfield Park Farmers Market every other week, selling uh, breakfast sandwiches. And I would, I would love to see as many people out from that more than anything. Uh, and then of course, everything at Sun King Brewing. We've got two new locations popping up. Uh, one in Sarasota, Florida in the next couple of months, and then we're going all the way up to Mishawaka. Uh, but you can also find us at Kokomo, Carmel Fishers, downtown Indianapolis, and the airport. It, it's cr- <laughs> it's crazy. Like I like I started like I started downtown, yeah. like working downtown in 2010. Mm-hmm. 
when Sun King was like a year old. Yeah. And like just to hear you like, we're in Florida. And yeah. Like, no, Florida Florida's taking really good care of us. Uh, obviously, I don't know if it's like the whole Sunshine State Sun King thing, but uh, we are opening up a, a small microbrewery there uh, in just a couple of months. And uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. You'll be able to get our beer. I mean, I know we, there's a lot of snowbirds from Indiana mm. that go down there. So uh, that was kind of the thing that started it. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I think... Uh, that's just kind of where beer is anyway. Like the more tap rooms you can have, the more pints you can put in people's hands versus yeah. cans. Uh, that's the way to go. So, uh, yeah, we got all the things. That's amazing. Cool, Tyler Waltz. Thank hey, you guys. You by did, the way, yeah, thank this you. This is for a being tremendous here. amount of fun. Awesome. I've had fun. Tyler, you did way better than uh, Thad gave me credit for. Oh, no, that's good. I, yeah, that's I good. had faith in you the whole time. It didn't sound like it upstairs <laughs> at all. Actually, <laughs> I was really pulling for you. It was a whole back and forth, but uh, yeah. where can people find you and follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me personally, it's uh, everywhere at Tyler Waltz Comedy. Um, if you want to see my other show, it is Nerd News. You can find me on that as well. And that has been very Successful. inconsistently funny. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. that's my whole shtick is actually just, you know, tune in as much as possible. You might laugh once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is Jay. You can find me um, at Four Birds. <laughs> yes! <laughs> in a dumpster Because y'all know I'm a pastry boy. <laughs> he is. And so I'm going to be boy. eating all those pastries. Uh, this was a, a lot of fun. Thank you. Cheers, guys. All right. And uh, again... French Nation. Look, if we tell you about some dope shit, jump on it. We're going to be doing some fun stuff this summer. We're going to be doing a couple of pop-ups. Some secret stuff is coming down. Uh, so be be a part about it. Be a part about it. Be a part about it. Be a part about it is what we always say. It's a sentence. Look out for yeah. my new merch. Be a part about it. <laughs> be a part about it. And hey, we'll see you next time. <laughs>